Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome to Convert Central. We are a group of converts from Singapore focused on sharing convert experiences and lessons to benefit both born Muslims and converts alike. If you have anyone in your life trying to find their path back in Islam, do share our podcast with them and have a discussion about the stories told by our fellow brothers and sisters. Do follow us on Spotify and send your feedback via our Instagram page at Convert Central. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome back to Convert Central. Today we have uh, a very exciting guest uh, lined up for you. So I am uh, Kevin Sidik Lim and uh, I'm also joined by my co-host. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. My name is Mira and I'm the co-host for Convert Central. Today we have a special guest, Brother Yusuf Ali, who will be part of episode 3 in Convert Central's Ramadan series. So, uh, Brother Ali is actually uh, my close friend. Actually, I think he was one of my first like uh, proper Islamic friends. Uh, he, he's actually a staff at Arkham. He has been a staff in Arkham for close to 10 years. Uh, firstly as a part-time then as a full-time staff so he I, I can share a little bit of his story first so be, you know he's gonna take too much time to say very simple things uh, he has been a convert for 10 years I think going to 11 uh, to his shahada at 18 years old but formally introduced to Islam at 15 Alhamdulillah he has been a great inspiration in my Islamic journey and uh, every single time I'm in his presence, uh, he never fails to bring extra wisdom, extra uh, perspectives, as especially as convert to me. So he's a very, very dear friend of mine, and uh, we are very blessed to have him with us on Convert Central. So without further ado, I would like uh, to give Brother Ali the time to in, to tell us about his convert story and introduce himself. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wa ala Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Thank you very much, Brother Siddiq, for the uh, generous introduction and heartwarming profile of me. Alhamdulillah, I didn't know that you look up to me so much, and inshallah, I hope I am capable of such honor from you. Alhamdulillah. So, uh, as um, Brother Siddiq was sharing uh, earlier, on. Yes, I uh, officially took my shahada when I was 18 and I was formally uh, introduced to Islam when I was 15. Yeah, and now I am 27. So Alhamdulillah, it's about uh, coming 12 years. Actually, uh, in Islamic calendar, yeah, it's already the 12th year because I embraced Islam when I was in, uh, when it was Ramadan. So it's uh, a coincidence that this interview is also taking place in Ramadan and I'm very honoured and I would like to also thank the committee behind this. Uh, thank you very much for all your effort, Alhamdulillah. So uh, let me uh, just briefly um, share my conversion story with all of you. Uh, when I was at the age of 15, I was actually uh, making my way to this temple located at uh, Chinatown, uh, Isri Mariaman Temple. So just next to the temple, there is a mosque called Mazijami Chulia. And it was in the month of Ramadan, and I met a couple of brothers who were actually volunteers of the masjid. So they happened to meet me uh, along the uh, pathway towards uh, the temple and they were asking me if uh, I am a Muslim or I am a Hindu and stuff like that. So I told them actually I'm a Hindu and I'm here for the te to the temple for my prayers. And they actually uh, told me why not I join them uh, in the masjid for their iftar because that was about 6.45 p.m. <clears throat> so for the start, I was a little amazed on how friendly these brothers were. But at the same time, I was a bit in fear because I'm a Hindu and my parents, um, well, my mom passed away when I was very young. 
and my dad and all they were not really uh, that keen about me going to a mall so i refused uh, that invitation uh, however the following day i was uh, making my way to the temple again but just before entering the temple i thought of paying a visit to the brothers whom i met outside the mosque which is just like a, a minute walk away from the temple i thought of just saying them a hi but this time when i went to the mosque i didn't manage to meet the brothers but there came a man approaching me and asking me if i'm looking for someone and that was actually the imam of the mosque his name is maulana yusuf and then i told the imam that uh, actually i'm here to meet this couple of brothers but they are not here today and where are they can i just say a hi to them and the imam told me they are just volunteers and they are not available today but however i can still come into the mosque and uh, take a look on how the mosque is so this time around i didn't feel like uh, rejecting the offer so i accepted and i entered the mosque and just at the entrance of masjid jami chulia there is a mini exhibition center where they have uh, some uh, you you can you can find articles about islam and things like that and uh, and i was telling the the imam that i i would need to go back to the temple but just when i was about to leave uh, the mosque he told me however if i'm free i can actually join them to break fast so i told him that i'm a hindu and how can i even join them in breaking fast and he said well it's not a problem I'm always welcome to join them to um, have my dinner, so-called. If it's uh, if it's iftar for them, I can just take it as a dinner. And I was like, wow, okay. Uh, I didn't know this side of Muslims actually because I was grew I was grew up in a I was I grew up in a Hindu family where we didn't really have a very good impression about Muslims around the world. So this time right was something really new to me, and I could not uh, deny the fact that I was quite uh, attracted to the smell of the food at a point of time because it was like biryani and all. So I followed the Imam and I sat together with him. And uh, there was this culture about uh, Muslims, in which I observed in a mosque that kind of amazed me, whereby I, I witnessed four brothers sitting around one big plate, where we call that typically the dulang, to share food. And I was like, wow, this is the kind of brotherhood that I have never seen. Because, uh, I mean, I, I'm a Hindu, I go to temple and my family, we don't really practice this kind of culture. But here we don't even know each other. And yet, it's like a family bond that you can never get. So I was like, okay, uh, and I joined them, and they were and they were very caring and kind people. And right after the iftar, the masjid was very chaotic. You know, people were cleaning up and all. And I thought, okay, this is the time that I can leave the mosque. And I was about to leave the mosque, and then they were gathering for their Maghrib prayer. So I thought of, okay, just let's see what's going to happen next. And you know, typically in the masjid, it was the 27th night of Ramadan, a lot of people. And as much as chaotic it was, but the moment the Imam raised his hand for uh, takbir, for his takbir to ihram, mashallah, I was very amazed on how people could just uh, remain silent. They kept, uh, they, they kept away whatever they're doing and they went into the congregation and they just straightened up their staff. And I was like, wow, mashallah, like uh, how could just two words, Allah Akbar, control the entire masjid? I could see leadership, brotherhood, uniformity, everything in, in one. And I was like, okay, this is, a, this is not really like a religion, but it's more like a way of life. Like, everyone have their own obediency when it comes to um when it comes to their prayer and uh when the imam started reading al-fatiha and that is the moment where i've something just penetrated my heart and i didn't want to leave the masjid at all i was just standing by at the entrance and just listening to the soothing al-fatiha and i was like mashallah it was so calm and at a point of time i was having quite a number of problems because i had to work i was very young my dad wasn't well and all but at that point of time it felt like all sorrows actually flew off my mind and i, I know i was 
I was very calm. I felt at peace and all, mashallah. And uh, after the prayer, I went back to the Imam and I told him that uh, what, were he, what was he actually reciting in prayers? And he told me that he was reciting uh, the Al-Fatihah and that is the opening chapter of the Quran. And then I told him that I want to be Muslim because I don't find this kind of uh, calmness and tranquility just like um, what I experienced before anywhere else. I can only find it the moment when the prayer started in the mosque. And in order for me to feel this tranquility forever in my heart, I want to be a Muslim. And he told me, okay, look, boy, you are just 15. So this is not something to uh, fool around. So uh, think wisely before you actually decide what you want. I say, yeah, I'm, I'm well convinced that this is what I want. And then as we were chatting away a while later, it was Ishak prayers and he told me to wait a while. He went to conduct his Ishak prayer. And this time around when I heard the Al-Fatiha again, I was like, okay, that's it. This is what I want. I was like, uh, I want to be part of this prayer and I want to be a Muslim. And after the Ishak prayer, uh, the Imam invited me to the main uh, prayer hall in the masjid. And I actually recited, uttered the Shahada in front of everyone in the mosque. And right after that, uh, my first prayer in Islam was actually Taraweeh. That is why Ramadan and Taraweeh and all is quite a sentimental thing to me because my first prayer started off in Taraweeh and it was a month of Ramadan and embraced Islam. And yeah, thereafter, I went to Darawakam to officialize my conversion. But unfortunately, I had to wait till I uh, become 18 years old. And once I turned 18 years old, I officialized my conversion. And I'm also now working as a full-time staff in Darawakam. So kind of my, 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 my Islamic lifestyle started off it began in Darawakam and I'm still a staff of Darawakam. Alhamdulillah. So yeah, this is a brief description of my conversion story. I remember the, the, the first few times you I heard this story. Uh, just just a caveat onto it. When you first came into Islam, you, you didn't you didn't know of Tarawi, right? Oh yeah. I I this was the uh well I, I wanted to keep this short, okay, but a joke out of my conversion was that I, I've never I, I've never seen how Muslim pray. So the only time I witnessed Muslim praying was in Maghrib and Isha. So right after I embraced Islam, the Imam told me there's these extra prayers where we pray in Ramadan, that's called Taraweeh. And I told him, yeah, I want to join. So he told me, okay, uh, just go and take your wudu. He guided me to take my wudu. And he told me, uh, just follow the steps. Takbir, rukun, your sujud. Just follow the steps. It's okay. It might be a little robotics for a start. But sooner or later, I will be able to know what all, all is that about um, once I start learning about prayer. And then it went on like two raka'ah, two raka'ah, two raka'ah is like 20 raka'ah or tarawih and three within. I was like, wow. So I went back to the imam after an hour and I went back to him and asked, were you guys actually celebrating my conversion? Because prior to this, the prayer was very short. It was less than 10 minutes. Why is it that so happened to be when I embrace Islam, your prayers start to lengthen? And he told me, no, no, Ali, don't be, don't be tensed up. This is uh, a tarawih prayers where it's only conducted Ramadan after Isha. So I was like, okay, if this is going to be my daily prayer, I'm not sure if I can commit to the religion because it was quite tiring. Yeah. What do you think, like, after, so, okay, so after that, you heard the Azan, right? At uh, Masjid uh, Jami Chulia. Uh, how did you, uh, what, what were your next steps? So you told the Imam that you wanted to take your Shahada and then you took your Shahada that day. Then, uh, after that, that was the start of your journey as a Muslim, right? But, that was in yes. that was about twelve years ago when you were fifteen. So from fifteen till now, what have you been up to? You know, uh, what how was your journey? Okay, actually, uh, right after my conversion, the imam told me that uh, I will have to officialize my conversion. Well, I was quite foreign to all these men. I mean, uh, back at the age of fifteen and all, I didn't know much about things like this. And then he guided me to Darul Arkam. So when I went to Darul Arkam, 
it was in 2008 my first day to Darokam was on Idul Fitr so when I went to Darokam I met a couple of staff and they told me that uh, okay brother uh, in order for you to embrace Islam you need your father's consent since your mother has really passed away we would at least need your father's consent so I told them uh, it might not be really that uh, easy for me to break this news to my family and they told me okay fine why don't I just uh, learn about Islam practice as a Muslim wait till I uh, wait till I reach 18 and then I can officialize my conversion without my parents consent and at that point of time I actually left school and I was working for some movers company depending on daily cash pay and things like that just to support my financial needs at home and then the staff at the Rockham told me that uh, brother instead of you working outside elsewhere why don't you volunteer with us you can be a part-time staff here and we can also pay you at the same time you can also learn a lot about Islam while you are working here with us so to me, it's like, uh, well, that, that's a good deal. Yeah, business is business. But uh, Alhamdulillah, I was very, um, I was quite uh, overwhelmed by what the brother said because I was like, if, I mean, in Hinduism, we do not have something called conversion. So I wouldn't know how to react if someone say he or she wants to convert into Hinduism. But in Islam, it was very different. The brother, the way he, uh, he presented Islam was like, we are going to keep you with us. We will nurture you in whichever way possible. And we will also support your financial needs. And we will really uh, take very good care of you. And indeed, they did for the past for the past twelve years. Alhamdulillah. 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 Uh, it, it's really amazing to hear, like, Honestly, I I think out of my entire social circle, I I I wouldn't say I know too many converts. You you probably know way more converts than I do. But uh, you are the only one uh since day one until now that I've personally had an interaction with that came into Islam because of the azan. So many people came into Islam, uh, to name a few, in, in the previous few episodes, we had Brother Amresh, he came into Islam after uh, looking into it himself. Uh, Brother Farhan, he was, uh, he was uh, born Muslim, but he, uh, he was lost along the way. He came back through uh, self-reflection, okay? And we also had uh, Carlos, who came in through a partner. Uh, Brother Hadi, who came in through his partner as well. So, like, out of all the reasons, right, we actually rarely hear someone, you know, say that they come into Islam uh, because they hear the Al-Fatiha and the Adhan. So, uh, you know, do you think like that, that affected your journey as a convert? Do you think like, because some, some people, if they come to Islam for the knowledge, right, then as they gather more knowledge, you know, uh, they become more uh, sure about Islam. But f- for you, when you when you were journeying, journeying into Islam as a convert, right, uh, did you know, perhaps the most beautiful thing at the start was your is that was the Al Fatiha, but did it change? You know, what to you? What is the most beautiful thing about Islam? Okay, uh, well, to be very honest, of course, uh, I didn't le- I didn't really learn much about Islam or get to know more about the Muslims before I embraced Islam. It was purely because of uh, hearing the Al Fatiha, and I just felt like becoming Muslim. But well, ultimately, we know that Allah works in many different ways with different people. So for some, they get Islam through the friends that they meet, the spouses they are going to meet, and, and things like that. But for my case, it was a bit different. And Al-Fatiha alone was enough to convince me into Islam. And I think that is uh, the karama behind the words of the Quran. It can, it, can, it can really break our hearts and bring us into Islam. As long as we... Um, yeah, I mean, there's nothing for us to do. If the Hidayah will reach us, it will definitely reach us, alhamdulillah. But um, of course, along the way, uh, I had to learn about Islam. Otherwise, I am not going to be able to do my salat and things like that. But um, in time to come, when I was learning more about Islam and all, and I was studying more about Tawheed, 
and uh, learning about the oneness of Allah and all. And I think there was because when I was uh, when I was in my primary school, I was actually quite uh, inclined to a church. I would go for the uh, Sunday sermon, and I was actually even in the children's ministry and things like that. But um, only when I studied about Tawhid, about monotheism, it gave me the kind of conviction that there is no God except but Allah, because the signs are clear and the words of the Quran. I mean, for for if, if you were to really sit down and read the Quran and contemplate on every ayah that is the Quran, I think the Quran is sufficient for us to be to be convinced that Allah is the only one and Islam is the best religion to me. Yeah, and I always say that like how I mean, even our teachers tell us, tell us Islam is not only a religion, but it's a way of life. It teaches us on how to be a friend, a brother, a, a colleague, a father, a son, and everything. It's, it's, it covers uh, uh, everything, every aspect of a human in Islam. Yeah. Let's talk about the challenges of your conversion story. You know, um, tell us about something that really you know shook you as a Muslim and how you got past that challenge, Brother Ali. Okay, uh, challenges in terms uh, of family. Yes, I had a great challenge with uh, my dad, not because he knew that I was a Muslim, but uh, he was actually quite uh, ill when I embraced Islam. He was already going through some heart problems and all. And at that point of time, at that point of time, frankly, my brother was in the prison and my sister was studying and I had to look after some of the burden of the family. And as my father was uh, deteriorating due to his illness, just as I embraced Islam when I was 18, officialized my 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 uh, conversion, I was enlisted to NS. So when I had to go into NS, my sister was already, um, she already did her marriage with, uh, she was already married by then and I, were, and I was enlisted to NS and my father actually had to amputate his leg. So lots of things was going on at the point of time and I really felt like breaking down like, Ya Allah, why, what's happening? Why is it so much? And you know, to uh, be a, con a convert Muslim in the army and trying to practice Islam in a place where it's not about Muslims anymore, it was it was so much more difficult for me because I'm so used to the uh, uh, living lifestyle of a Muslim in Darul Arkham. So NS was very, very much of a culture, sh culture shock to me and then my dad's situation and then things like that. But um, eventually, uh, my father, although his leg was amputated at all, but Alhamdulillah, he was managed. He was managing himself quite well, and in fact, even the doctors were quite surprised on how he was coping very well alone at home, regardless uh, me being there at night after my camp. So, uh, long story cut short. Uh, well, at that point of time, I would only uh, tawakal and redo on Allah. Anything that goes bad, I just read out with Allah. And each time whenever I leave my house in the morning, I will just tawakal to Allah and I will and I'll talk to him. I'll tell him that, Ya Allah, you look, I have done all the necessary measures for my father in terms of getting him his lunch early in the morning. I've already kept them on the dining table. I've already uh, prepared his medicines and things like that. And after this, my hands are tied. I can't be here throughout the day looking after him because I got to be in the army. But there was never a day when I came back and I saw my father in a in a state where I didn't want him to be in. Each time I'm back home, he is well, safe and sound. And that is when I realized that sometimes it's not us, it's about the full reliance on Allah. We might have done our necessary measures and all alhamdulillah, but in the end of the day, total protection and guidance, everything comes from Allah. And I think how my father managed his life well actually brought me closer to Allah because I believe that without the help and support from Allah, my father wouldn't have been able to pull it off well without his right leg. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. So you mentioned about tawakul and, and really, you know, reliance on Allah. So 
I, I'm sure in 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 Islam we are taught that you know having reliance reliance uh you know putting our reliance on Allah uh will always give us the best result because uh in in Islam they're saying husband Allah who maniak mawakil Allah is the best disposer of our affairs so I'm sure you've had a good ending with that story so would you mind sharing that ending with your you know what has that tawakal brought you in the end. Okay, uh, all the way, yes, to my father's deathbed. I have shared this uh, to a couple of my convert friends and Brother Siddiq is one of them that I actually did share this story with. Uh, although it is not something that was officialized, but I would like to share that uh, a day before my father passed away, he actually passed away in Ramadan as well, on the second night of Ramadan. So um, the first night after Taraweh prayers, I met my teacher and my, I told my teacher that uh, my father is actually in the ICU and his uh, situation is quite bad now and his condition may not um, improve anymore. And my teacher told me, okay, Ali, do not worry, come, let's go to the hospital and visit your father. So when I, so when I went to the hospital with my teacher, and my teacher told me, okay, Ali, go to him now and tell him that you're a Muslim and ask him to accept Islam and ask him to accept the Shahada. So I was like, okay, wow, that's uh, something that I didn't see. I didn't see that coming, but I told my teacher, um, are you serious? Should I do it? And he told me, yes, don't give up, uh, don't lose hope, be strong and just do it. So I went to my father and I, and I recited the Shahada in his ears and I told him that actually, um, pa, all these years I've been a Muslim. And I'm sure you kind of suspected because a lot of things about me changed because I didn't, I stopped hanging around with uh, lots of my friends who were not Muslim and then I really changed a lot. I think Islam really changed a lot of my, uh, a lot in me about my character and things like that. And I told my father, I've been a Muslim and I want to meet you in paradise as well. So please embrace Islam, accept Allah and Muhammad as your messenger. And I recited the Shahada in his ears. And because he was in ICU with all the tubes and all running through his mouth, he could not reply anything. But he did wink his eyes. And I could see, um, I mean, well, I, I, I became very emotional and I told my teacher that, look, he can't respond. And my teacher told me, well, Ali, he winked his eyes. Didn't you see? That was a sign of acceptance. And next day morning after... Um, after Shuruk, he passed on. So Alhamdulillah, I still feel that uh, there was, I mean, whether he became a Muslim or not, that's uh, between uh, Allah and for him to know. But if at that point of time, if Allah did not want this to happen, I would not have made my way to the hospital. But there was so much of hope uh, through my teacher's guidance as well. And I can't thank Allah enough for that. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. So I, I, I really, it, it warms my heart like, every time I hear uh, your this part of your story, you know. Sometimes uh, this tawakal isn't just for the overall outcome, but also it's also for your heart, your cop, in, in which, like you say, you, we don't really know for sure if your father had accepted Islam or not, but you had so much hope that you wanted your, your parents to become a Muslim. And, and with this, with how it played out with your reliance on Allah, if, even if he didn't mean uh, if, even if the institution was not interpreted as it should have, it really eased your heart. You know, this this was what it brought you as it really eased your heart. That at least I told my father, at least I tried. You know, at least uh, there was a chance that he would have become became a Muslim before he passed on, and he will be in Jannah when I see him. You know, so Alhamdulillah, all the time when I think about things are being tough for me at home or just personally my own personal matters, I your your story sometimes slips into mine lah. And I, I, I always remember and I you're you're honestly one of my role models and and I always remember that reliance on Allah has actually, you know, manifested itself in my life in in, in my friend. And and it, it keeps me going, lah. Uh, convert to convert, it keeps me going. Uh besides this one line, I think that really suits um what you say about Tawakal. Indeed Allah is the best of planners. So in the end we should really just all practice, you know, 
talking to God and also practicing tawakal because I think that's really important to really like know that as much as you can put in effort, at the end of the day, we leave it all to the hands of God. So yeah, alhamdulillah. Now, uh, going back to um, what you said previously, so you said that you converted in Ramadan, right? So what does Ramadan mean to you right now? And what do you think makes Ramadan so special to Muslims? Okay, uh, well, to me, Ramadan, of course, uh, exclusively Ramadan is very special to me because it reminds me of my conversion journey, expect as, uh, especially when I, um, whenever we come across the 27th night of Ramadan, it's such a, uh, an auspicious day for me because of my conversion, Alhamdulillah. And two years ago, um, I went for my Umrah and that was also in Ramadan. I, I kind of celebrated my 10 years conversion anniversary while I was in Umrah. So uh, be alone the fasting and all, but uh, the momentum of going to the mosque for my taraweeh and then waking up for, for sahur and all, it gives me a different kind of vibe where I cannot find that outside Ramadan. It brings us a kind of a closeness to Allah where I think words can't describe that. Yeah. How do you find Ramadan now in, the, in light of the COVID-19 situation? Do you still find it the same or...? Okay, uh, yeah, now that we are actually kind of restri uh, restricted from many things, I think due to the circuit breaker, we are not able to go to the malls, and in fact, even I can't go back to work. And I've been spending all along my lifetime uh, breaking fast with my colleagues, uh, yeah, apart from the fact that I was in two years in NS, but weekend I will still come back to Daroka, meet my colleagues and break fast with them. And uh, yeah, it's a little bit of a challenge where I don't get to interact with people during uh, Ramadan. And actually, uh, while I was, uh, while, I mean, I still do have some convert friends. And this is something I'd like to share as well. Um, some of the converts came to me asking like, uh, Brother Ali, you are living alone now. Uh, yeah, uh, three years ago, my dad has passed away. So uh, since then, I've been living alone. So a couple of my convert friends asked me, how do I cope? Um, breaking fast alone and you know waking up for supper alone isn't it boring do you feel uh, lonely and things like that uh actually a few days ago brother uh, brother siddiq actually asked one of our ustaza ustaza shamim he asked this question like ustaza do you have any advice any nasiha for converts like us who have to face a lot of challenges alone especially in ramadan we feel extra lonely in ramadan uh, what more for those converts who don't even have family, like my good self, you know? So Ustaza, uh, like, well, he asked something like, what is your advice for those who have to do their taraweh alone at home? They don't get the vibes in the mosque anymore. So Ustaza uh, gave a very good answer. She said that, look, even in the time of the Prophet, uh, Rasulullah wasallam would do his taraweh alone at home. He wouldn't do it in the masjid. And then, in fact, this jama'ah and all was initiated by the Khalifa Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab. Even then, uh, there were... Most of the time that Sayyidina Omar would also be doing his Tarawih at home. I think things like these, uh, these kind of stories from the life of our Prophet and uh, companions, I think give, gives us the extra inspiration to tell ourselves that we are not alone in this. You know, and um, well, I, for myself personally, I always have this stronghold of, uh, I mean, besides the fact that I'm in the Rorakam for Iftar all these years, but when it comes to Sahur, I'm still alone at home. So yeah, even whenever there's this kind of a thoughts uh, whereby I, I think like, okay, I have to do this, do this alone and again. And of course, it's, it's different when you have a family breaking fast and having if, uh, sahur and all together with me. So it's a bit different. And I will always uh, tell myself this. In fact, I asked this to my teacher many years ago and my teacher told me this. It's very beautiful. He told me, uh, Ali, you look, mm, Allah has said that among all our uh, amal and ibadah, uh, in Ramadan, our, uh, our siyam is something that 
Allah will reward himself directly. Like for the solat, it's for us. And uh, whatever amal and ibadah that we conduct is for our good self. But except for Ramadan, fasting is for Allah. And Allah said that he would reward you himself directly. So uh, do not be worried that you have to be alone in this because uh, you can actually deceive anyone that you are a person who prays. You may not be a person who pray, but you may pray to show people that you pray and that is hypocrisy. However, for Ramadan is different. You cannot prove someone that you're fasting. You cannot. You can be seen not eating in front of him or her, but at the back, people might still say that you're not fasting. The only one who can witness whether we are fasting or not, that is Allah. So that is how uh, beautiful Ramadan is. No one can witness and uh, watch that we are fasting except for Allah. And that is why Allah says that the rewards lies directly under him. And what more when no one is with you to witness you sahur, no one is with you to witness your iftar, and it's Allah all alone. And it's also even more amazing, even during this circuit breaker, somehow or other, my provision has never, uh, Allah has not stopped his provision for me. I'll still get my food for my sahur and for my iftar somehow or other. So uh, it makes me extra stronger that when no one else is looking after me, I'm more safe when Allah himself alone is looking after me. So that's the kind of uh, spirit that gives me in Ramadan. Yeah, Alhamdulillah. I, I think there is something that is, is very, very, applicable for converts uh, because you see um, like what you said right uh, I have just two points to add on to, to, to really really like drive home the point of how precious Ramadan is so uh, I think one of our teachers also mentioned that uh, this Ibadah uh, is, is, is really sometimes is really plagued with a lot of hypocrisy but one Ibadah that isn't plagued with hypocrisy is uh, is fasting so if someone wants to do like more prayers, right? He can do sunnah prayers. He can pray and pray and pray and pray and more and more the entire night. But if he wants, if he wants to pay zakat, he can he can pay like one million dollars of zakat, you know. But you wouldn't know how sincere it is. But for fasting, right? You're just fasting from subo to maghrib. The rich man's fast is from subo to maghrib. The poor man's fast is also from subo to maghrib. So in the month of Ramadan, fasting is is all that you can do subo to maghrib. So it is extremely precious where. Where 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 it 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 doesn't differentiate you based on your external uh what 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 you are seen doing externally. It's really the internal aspects of fasting that really drives on the the rewards of fasting, and also uh like what you said uh brother Ali, I really agree that like uh Allah does not deprive His provisions even at this point of time. We sometimes we feel like we are very like uh distant from Allah because we are we are we are we are distant from our friends and sometimes our friends uh, remind us us of Allah right but like you said Allah has never stopped his provision Allah is all seeing all knowing Allah says in the Quran he he is the one who provides the provision so he provides the provision for for us and for whom we do not even provide our provisions for he will still provide for them so he he has accounted for every single one of, of us and and really uh, if if we if Allah has brought us so far in our journey as as converts or as born Muslims, right? What makes you what what makes us think that He wouldn't bring us to the next step? He wouldn't bring us away from this from this trial, you know. So, fasting itself is really extremely precious to a convert this month, you know. Not even converts, like I would say, all Muslims this month because really of its sincerity that it has of its significance in the month of Ramadan and. Alhamdulillah, thank you so much for really driving home the fact that, that it is. So I, I actually have a quite a special question to ask you, like, given your position. Uh I, I'm sure you've seen hundreds and perhaps thousands of converts over your lifespan uh, at work. And you know, uh, a new convert is vastly different from a convert that has 
even half a year's experience. You know, uh, new converts are extremely fragile. New converts are extremely uh, sensitive to, to, to knowledge, to information, to influences. So- sometimes, you know, it breaks my heart to know that uh, this circuit breaker is affecting a convert that possibly have converted a month prior to this. You know, because I think of myself as a one-month-old convert, right? And imagine if I was alone with no one guiding me, you know, in this path of Islam, right? I don't think, I think it would have been extremely tough. So, f- for you, uh, because you've seen so many converts, right? Uh, new, be new and old every single day at your work. What do you think, uh, for new converts especially, is their challenge this Ramadan? Um, yeah, I hear you, brother. So, basically... Uh, yeah, we have come across uh, cases like this before, but uh, this is one of the uh, most difficult phase ever, I would say, because I think not only the converts, I think all of us are affected by the circuit breaker. And what more for the converts where, when especially we, we, we are, there are some converts who do not have friends, they do not have any kind of guide at all. And if you are given the opportunity to listen to our um, our, our, our channel here in, in Converse Central, then I hope this is helping all of you, for the new Converse especially. Uh, of course, there's nothing to give up because uh, we can clearly see that this is not the test uh, only for us, but for everyone around the globe. And it's not that easy. It's of course easier said than done to be at home when you do not have any Muslim friends, you're new to Islam and the opportunity for you to learn and all it has been, um, it, it's quite minimal now due to the situation. Uh, personally, I wouldn't have a lot of advice for this, but I would say try not to give up at least in our readings because one of those things back then when I just embraced Islam that close that brought me very close to Islam and to Allah especially was lots of reading. I, I love to uh, do a lot of uh, readings in libraries and all, but even if you cannot go to the library now, I would suggest uh, you can find a lot of PDF books about um even if you cannot find PDF books, the best would be the Quran because nothing can, nothing can beat the Quran. I would say so. Uh, for converts like myself and like your good self, brother Siddiq, I think uh, this is a very difficult phase ever. I think we as, as since we embrace Islam, especially what more for some converts like me who have not shared anything with the family and all about our conversion story. Sometimes it's just so difficult for us to blend in well with our family once we are so used to being a Muslim. But uh, deep down the heart, in your inner self, don't give up. Even if it's uh, a drop of faith left in us, we should never give up our hopes in Allah because Allah is going is watching us and better days are to come, inshallah. Alhamdulillah. Okay, so uh, the next question is a special request from our one of our team members, uh, Sister Alina. I'll leave, it, I'll leave it to my co-host Mira to ask the question. Mira, please. Yeah, so... Um... Sister Ellie says, Ramadan is a month where everyone tries to be the best Muslim that they can. Do you mind sharing with us your Ramadan routine or goals? Just a, a few just a few to name. Yeah, what is your daily Ramadan routine? Okay, my daily Ramadan routine. I would uh, wake up for my sahur at about 4.30. And actually, I got a couple of things to do in the morning. I need to wake up a few of my friends. So I'm like the uh, personalized alarm clock. I have to wake, wake them up. And after my sahur, I would uh, do my subuh and I would usually sleep and I'll wake up at 12. So once I wake up at 12, I'll just wait for zohor. And once I'm done with my zohor, I will start uh, my readings. And uh, because somehow or rather, when I am fasting, I can absorb more when I'm reading than the days when I'm not fasting. Because after zohor, usually it's I'm looking up to order what to eat. <laughs> but then when I'm not eating or drinking, I think it's much more easier for me to do my 
readings and also I would usually read a lot of books. And apart from that, Alhamdulillah, I think uh, for now, most of us do not have any problems about classes because um, masjids, uh, even Darul Arka, Mu'is, and uh, they have a special um, uh, um, page called the Muslim SG. I think they are doing a lot of wonderful job by actually uh, having a lot of uh, live programs and also I'll try to follow up with classes online. And uh, that's how I keep myself busy. And uh, just about half an hour before Maghrib, I would try to take some time to read the Quran. Uh, Alhamdulillah, I'm not the best uh, reciter, but uh, with the uh, minimal knowledge we have about uh, Arabic and all, we try to do a bit of recitation of the Quran before it's Maghrib. So somehow or other, when I'm at home now, in, fast, in fasting one time, just fly very fast. Because after uh, our iftar, we would get ready for Isha and I'll do my own Taraweh and I'll call it a night. Yeah. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. I wanted to add on to your point on the PDF uh, resources. So, uh, if you guys are into PDF resources, they are com- uh, convert-friendly or people who are just starting out in Islam, right? Please head down to the Dara Akam website. Uh, you can just Google search Dara Akam on your Google search bar. Uh, go to, I think, resources on media. They have a spectrum of resources for converts. Uh, download a book. Uh, it can be questions and answers in Ramadan, uh, a book on monotheism. There are also 35 tips in Ramadan, you know, and uh, 35 on, on Zakat book class as well. So, uh, like what? Uh, brother, you mentioned it was is is very applicable uh, for converts, you know, especially when we have no one, right? So what grounds us then is uh is knowledge. So uh, if anyone needs it, Darul Hakam is always there for converts, and uh, please head on to get some PDF if you have the time to read it. You know, it's it, like uh like what you say in your routine, right? It's it's really very very it's a very good time to read in the month of Ramadan. Uh. It's 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 really a time where we we are drawn closer to Allah uh through our ibadah. And uh, seeking knowledge is a uh, ibadah as well. To add on to that, like I also think that this COVID nineteen is actually more of a blessing, even though it's like not really, like people won't actually see COVID nineteen as like a blessing, like outright. But you know, for us Muslims, especially now, we really have the time, as you mentioned, to read more on the Quran. And I feel that as someone who lives far away from most of the places where the mosques are located, it's actually pretty convenient to go for classes because all the classes are online. You don't spend time traveling and stuff as previously mentioned by sister ellie in her podcast as well so i really think that um this time is really a great time for us to really focus on our ibadah and there's many many sites that could help us with this for example safina institute has this thing called ramadan reminders where they actually give um two videos a day every single day for the month of ramadan and uh, also uh, accounts like liana musbira network also has very great very good reminders for all muslims converts and born Muslims alike. So I think there's really a lot of platforms for us to really reach out and to, um, you know, don't don't despair if you have worries. If let's say you just started out as a Muslim and you're wondering, where can I get this knowledge now that I can't go to the mosque physically? There are many, many online sites, especially on Instagram, for you to do so. And don't despair because uh, you, are, you are never alone as Allah is always there listening. I think I think Ustada Shamim also mentioned when I asked her uh, during one of the uh, classes a few days ago that uh, when we think we are most alone, right? Uh, Allah is the most with us. Especially when you are uh, at night before Subo, just wake up a few minutes earlier than Subo uh, to feel it, you know. Uh, spend some days in, in, in Tahajjud prayers, which is prayers before Subo. And that is when Allah descends from the, from the highest level of heaven to the to the level of heaven that's nearest to dunya to to where we are now, 
So that is really when Allah will start asking, which of my servants is awake and wants something from me? And he will grant. So as 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 people who are just starting out, we, we don't even have to make extremely complicated prayers like Rabbana Atina Fidu Hassan. If you don't know, it's fine. You know, we can even ask, Ya Allah, you know, give me give me more opportunities to know you. You know? Ya Allah, give me knowledge that will bring me closer to you. You know, just let me love you more. Or if you feel like you have no motivation, then Allah, give me the want to want to know you. It's 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 very it's it's so versatile, this this concept of dua and and at the point of time where it's so blessed, especially in the month of Ramadan, don't don't waste it. And remember when when we are we when we think we are alone, uh this is really when we can we have the potential to feel Allah the most as well. So like like uh what what you mentioned, uh Mira, uh the, the key point for these people that were trying to target, which is converts, is don't ever feel detached from the Muslim community. Never ever feel detached, even in this time. Because why? Alhamdulillah, in Singapore, we're blessed with very good uh, connection when it doesn't rain. Uh, we, are, we are blessed with so many institutions or, or, and organizations and mosques that are uh, really bringing the vibes of Ramadan virtually this year. So, you just go online, so many people want to spread knowledge, so many people want to help. And and the, the, this, this not feeling detached also requires you to take a step. And to be open, and it's tough sometimes to 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 enter a class that you might not know anything about as a new Muslim or someone just coming back to Islam. But uh, if you take the first step, as Allah said, you know, if you if you if you walk towards Him, He will run towards you. If you move for handspan to Him, He will move arms length towards you. So you ha- you have to take the first step. And and I I assure you, in our Muslim community, we have many many good organizations and people with good intentions. You you would not feel detached at all. If you just take the first step and reach out. Alhamdulillah, Brother Ali, um, you know, we are very enlightened with your story. Every single time we hear it, uh, I, I, I've heard it personally, perhaps, you know, six times or seven times. I still learn something new from it. You know, every time it reminds me of extremely fundamental, you know, uh, aspects of faith. So, uh, we are very blessed by your presence today. And, uh, you know, on behalf of the team, we would like to thank you. So, before we go, would you like to say anything to our fellow converts who are tuning into this podcast? Uh, okay, well, uh, okay, before we wrap up, uh, Alhamdulillah, once again, thank you very much for uh, giving me the honor to share my conversion story and a little bit about uh, my life in uh, during Ramadan. And uh, I'd like to thank every key players behind this. May Allah bless you all and make this uh, Ramadan uh, better than the before. And uh, well, uh, well, nothing much for me to end this with, but uh, since we were talking about, uh, since we are in the face of this circuit breaker, and uh, Sister Mira was also actually saying that uh, indeed it's actually a blessing more than it's, 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 uh, it's a harm because we Muslims, we've got to be always positive and there's blessings in everything like how we feel that I personally feel that Alhamdulillah today all our houses has become a masjid because of prayers and everything being conducted in a mosque I mean at home instead of a mosque and uh, well my advice for converts would be there will be certain point in our life where we will feel like uh, falling apart just breaking down and we will feel like just wanting to run away from all problems but just remember if uh i mean take this circuit uh this coronavirus for example if such a small virus can do so much of damage then imagine what we are capable of with a tiny grain of faith so don't lose faith and keep fighting inshallah we will be able to achieve whatever we should as a muslim Wabillahi taufiq wal hidayah. Wassalamualaikum warahmatullahi taala wabarakatuh. Waalaikum salam warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. So thank you to everyone for tuning in to today's episode. Uh, we hope that you've learned something from the sharing, uh, the brother Ali sharing, and uh, we really truly pray that 
anyone that has that has tuned into this podcast has gained a benefit from it. Uh, all good from this podcast is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala manifested through our words. And all bad uh, from this podcast, perhaps some mistakes that we've made are from ourselves. So with this, we, we really like to, you know, again, uh, reiterate the fact that help is everywhere. Okay. Uh, if you, you have a loss of you, if you have no idea where to go, tune in to our Instagram page at Convert Central. Just drop us a DM stating any issues that you have. We would love to help. We would really, really, tru- truly love to help you in, in, in this, uh, you know, times of uh, challenge. So leave any comments or any questions you have on our, on our post as well. Uh, just, just give us a text and uh, we will, inshallah, we will reply. So let's end the session proper with our Tasbir Kafara and Surah Al-As and uh, we will uh, conclude. Subhanaka Allahumma wa bihamdika ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilaik Bismillahirrahmanirrahim wal asr innal insana lafi khus illa alladhina amanu wa amilus salihati wa tawassaw bil haqqi wa tawassaw bis sabr Okay thank you so much for tuning in Thank you and with that have a blessed Ramadan and may Allah ease all of your affairs Assalamualaikum